Well, you may be seated, church. If you have your Bible and you want to, you want to uh, get ahead, go to John chapter 15 towards the end and chapter 16 of John, the gospel according to the, the beloved disciple. And I'm going to go ahead and, and find it too while I'm just kind of setting up and getting equipped. I want you to know how honored I am to be a part of this church. I want you to know the blessing it is to be a part of a team. Somebody say team. I want you to know the gift that it is to be a part of a family. The family of Christ. The culture that God is establishing here at Mission Ebenezer Family Church is one of Team and one of family. Somebody say team. One of a team and a family. That's why, that's why I don't preach every Sunday at all the services. That's why, that's why Pastor Josh doesn't do all the Wednesday night Bible studies or lead all the prayer services. That's why in our team leadership meetings throughout the week with our staff, Pastor Josh doesn't lead every meeting. God is is placed a calling and the responsibility of so many others to carry the burden and who have received the calling of serving Jesus and building out the team together. Somebody say together. And as you know, we started a six-week series on teaching about the Holy Spirit. How many of you have been following, following along with our teachings of the Holy Spirit? And who he is as God. So today I want to continue teaching on the Holy Spirit. And the title of today's lesson is this. It's all about Jesus. It's simply Jesus. My friend in L.A., Pastor Mike Gomez at Revive Church is has named the theme for this year for their church is called Simply Jesus. And I, I love it. But today the title of the message is It's All About Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And today I'd like to talk a little bit about the role and the work of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that the, the job of the Holy Spirit is to simply put, promote Christ? That's His job. The Holy Spirit, He says, my job is to promote Christ. I'm, I'm not here to promote myself. I'm not here to build my brand. I'm not here to market my name. The Holy Spirit, since the beginning, has always made it His priority to lift up the name of Jesus, to promote Christ. And I believe God is going to open up the text in John 15 and 16 for us to see what was at work in the heart of Jesus as he spoke about the Holy Spirit and he, as he was segueing into his ascension and then the coming of the Holy Spirit in his presence among the people, for the people, and to build the kingdom of God. It's all about Jesus. Let's start off 
in John chapter 15, verse 26, and then we're going to read chapter 16, verses 13, 14, and 15. And I have four very simple points that we're going to be able to take away today so that we can see what the job and the role of the Holy Spirit was and is and how we can learn from it so that we can make that our mission. So that we can model our ministry also after the Holy Spirit. John 15, 26 says, When the Counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who goes out from the Father, He will testify about me. Okay, what will the Holy Spirit do? What, what will He do? Testify. So go ahead and highlight, underline, put a little asterisk or a little dot right there next to where it said testify. Okay, now go chapter 16, beginning in verse 13. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. So what, what is the Holy Spirit going to do here according to verse 13? Guide you into what? All truth. Going to guide us into all truth. Jesus is saying this. The one that it's all about is the one saying this about the Holy Spirit, that his job is to guide you into truth. Let's continue. He will not speak on his own. Wow. Holy Spirit doesn't have his own, his own personal agenda. He, he's not going to speak on his own. It says, but what? Look what it says. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So in other words, his agenda was Christ's agenda. The Holy Spirit's agenda was the agenda of the Father and the Son. Are we tracking so far? All right. So, so far, the Holy Spirit will testify. Now we're learning that the Holy Spirit's going to guide us. Let's continue. Verse 14. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. So verse 14 says, He will bring glory. So what is the Holy Spirit going to do here? And so to bring glory means to glorify or to make big. To make it about Jesus. To glorify Jesus. To bring glory to Jesus. To bring glory to the name of Jesus. Or that is to say, to make His name great. The Holy Spirit's job is to make the name of Jesus great. Let's continue. I love what he says, right? But he says, he'll bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. And so that's our next point. Verse 15. All that belongs to the Father is mine, Jesus says. That's why I said the Spirit. Who? The Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Praise the Lord. Make it known to you. This word, to be made known, comes from the root word angelos, but it's anangelos, which means to make known. 
and angelos for us in Spanish or English, it's very simple. Angel or angel. And that just simply means messenger. So the messenger brings a message. So in other words, to make known means to announce. To announce or proclaim. So the four points that we're going to focus on today is number one, the Holy Spirit's job is to testify. Number two, to guide. Number three, to glorify. And finally, to announce. Four simple points. I hope we can, we can grab hold of that. All right, what's the first one? What's the second one? Third one? And fourth? Announce. Okay, so let's get into the word. Um, this first point in John 15, 26, about testifying about Jesus the Greek word is martureo, where we get the word martyr, which means to be a witness or to testify. You saw something and you said something. The Holy Spirit has been a witness to the work of Christ since eternity. And so Jesus is unfolding for us, giving us the understanding through his teaching so that we can understand that the role of the Holy Spirit and why Jesus was preparing his disciples for the coming of the Holy Spirit was so that we would be expecting we would be hoping, we would be waiting for the, the person of the Holy Spirit, who is God himself, and that we would grab onto the work of the Holy Spirit, and then, watch this, join the Holy Spirit in the work of Christ. How many of you guys want to join the work of the Holy Spirit? And that is the work of Christ. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. It's joining the Holy Spirit in what he is doing. Joining the Holy Spirit. And if we're going on the premise for today, the Holy Spirit's job is to promote Christ, then our job is to promote Christ in how we live. And we call that worship, don't we? The way we live is worship. And so by the way we live, we're able to promote Christ because people will be able to see Christ in us. If there ever was a brand It'd be the cross, and it'd be Calvary, and it'd be Jesus Christ himself, because he's the Logos. And a Logos is a brand. A logo is an image or an icon or a symbol, a representation of God himself. So if, if there ever was anything that we all should be excited about, it's Jesus. And it's his work, and it's his love, and it's his ministry that he's called us to, which is simply this, to love the world. And to share the love of God with them. It's very simple. It's very basic. Um, about 15 years ago, my brother David started his coaching football career over here at Carson High School. They needed a JV football coach. They asked me to do it. I said, I'm not your guy, but I know a guy. I know a dude. No, I'm kidding. Um, and so I sent David to Carson High, and sure enough, he coached the JV football team for two years. And that's where he received his calling to coaching, his ministry to coaching. But watch this. For two years, I got a chance to be in the passenger seat of the ship that my brother was driving. You, are you following me so far? My job was to support my brother, my younger brother. 
There's a whole lot of dynamics right there, right? Baby brother telling big brother what to do. Praise God. My job was to support my brother. We had two things, two goals in mind. Number one, win. Number two, raise up young men. Those were our two goals. Win and raise up young men. That's what my brother's goals were. So that was the mission of our team. He had about 10 of his best friends and brothers and cousins coaching with him out there. Those were my glory days. Those were more fun than my professional baseball career. Let me just put it that way. What I'm trying to say in all this is that it, there was a point where me and my brother butted heads on an issue. I didn't agree with him on a decision that he made. And I, I thought it was my job to let him know what time it was. And then he goes, bro, I hear you. I get you. But there's a, there's a bigger picture right here, and I need you just to trust me on this. I said, you know what, bro? You're right. It's not about me. Wherever you need me, whatever you need me to do, I'm there. This is your team, and I want to support you. I want our team to win, and I want our young men to grow up to be men of God. That was it. It was simple. It was quick. It was basic. It wasn't like, it's either me or my way or I'm out of here. You know, have you ever had that, that, those kind of blow-up altercations? I was tempted to go there, you know, in the flesh. You know, I was in the flesh a little bit, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, a small F. But I learned very quickly what it meant to, to really just be there to support. Is it wasn't my agenda. It was, it was what God had called my brother to do. And, and the work that Christ is, has been called to do, to, to die on the cross for your sin and mine, and to make sure that all the world, all the world knows about it, that means that we have to join Christ in that great work. The problem is, is sometimes we, we get in the way. Sometimes we get, we get on our, our own high horses and we, we, we try to make our own agenda bigger than God's agenda. Sometimes we, we worship a principle. Oh, did I just strike a chord? Sometimes we worship a principle and we, and not the principle. P-A-L. Our job is to worship the principle, not a principle. And so in doing so, we're just modeling ourselves after the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit came to testify. The Holy Spirit came to testify, you guys, about Jesus. And to testify means to be a witness, to affirm that one has seen or heard or experienced something or that he knows by divine revelation. Now, I, I happen to believe that the Holy Spirit knows by divine revelation what the work of Christ is all about. Because he is the spirit of who? Christ himself. That's the Holy Spirit. Amen? The second point that we find is, is in verse 13 of chapter 16 where it says, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. So here, the Greek word, and I hope you don't mind when I bring out all these, these Greek words because I, I think that it helps with our understanding. And I'm just trying to pull out a greater meaning and greater depth for all of us. 
doesn't matter who you are. So the Greek word for, for this word guide is hodegeo. Can you say hodegeo? Hodegeo. And it's the root word hodos, which means, hodos means road, road or way. Like in Spanish, camino, el camino. So when the Holy, when, when, when Jesus is speaking here in the red letters in John chapter 16, and it says that the Holy Spirit will guide, and it uses this Greek word, hodogeo, it, what it's saying is that the Holy Spirit will show us the way. The Holy Spirit will lead us down the road. He'll lead us with Christ and he'll lead us to Christ. So some of us first need to be led to Christ. And then once we're led to Christ, the Holy Spirit will show us, guess what? How to continue through Christ. Can I hear an amen? And that's the Holy Spirit's job if we let him. If we let the Holy Spirit lead us down the road. Lead us and show us the way. It takes a lot of humility, doesn't it? It takes a lot of humility for us who are very brilliant, very intelligent, very smart. And we're leaning on, what, 4,000 years of knowledge? 4,000, Carlos? 4,000 years of knowledge that has been passed down? And we were building on all of that? We're a civilization. We're a people. We're the humankind that has been thinking with the conscience and intellect for, for thousands of years. And that's why sometimes it's hard for us to trust the Holy Spirit. That's, that's why sometimes it's hard for us to trust what God is saying and what God is doing because of, of what we know or what we've learned or what we've seen. Or, or how about this? What we've experienced or what's happened to us. Can I hear an amen? So it's really, really hard to follow the tour guide when you've already been to Disneyland and you have a, an annual pass for the last 10 years. Right? It's kind of like our, our membership class here at church. Raise your hand if you've gone through the membership class. The other 60%, you guys have been grandfathered in. You haven't been, you've never even gone through the membership classes like you were here before we really got serious about having the membership class. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You're like, I don't need a tour of the place. I like, I help build it. You guys know what I'm talking about? But when it comes to the Lord, the Holy Spirit is constantly helping us grow and evolve and go deeper. And sometimes it means that we have to let go of the things that we have learned. Uh-oh. Sometimes we have to let go of the things that we have learned so that we can learn. Sometimes we got to unlearn so that we can relearn. I read a Harvard study once upon a time when I was in seminary at Fuller, and it was a leadership course. I love leadership. I love learning about leadership. I'm growing in my leadership. But, and I know I got a long ways to go, but one of the things it says is that reason why it's so hard for smart people to keep learning is because they're so smart. But one of the ways that smart people continue to learn and are the best at what they do 
is because they're constantly learning. And then they never stop learning. And I, I believe that that's the role of a disciple. I believe that's the role of a follower, a servant, especially of Jesus Christ. If we're a servant of God, if we're ministers of Christ, we're disciples. And disciple means that we're, we're students. Okay? We're students. So the role of a student is to what? To learn. Does learning stop? No. What happens with learning? We keep learning. We keep, we keep growing. We never become stuck in our ways. We're constantly developing or trying to master the art of what? Listening. And the Holy Spirit. Can we see the Holy Spirit? Can we see the Holy Spirit? No. But, but the Holy Spirit is revealed to us in so many different ways. Sometimes he's revealed to us through science. Sometimes God reveals himself to us through nature. Sometimes God speaks to us through the word of God. Sometimes God speaks through us, speaks to us from mistakes. Sometimes God speaks to us from criticism. That's a tough word. We like to, we like to, constructive criticism. But I learned from a friend of mine, Andre Farr, who, who played for UCLA football and played in the NFL. He said, you can always learn something from haters too. Because they're just giving you free advice of something that you may need to address. We just don't like it. Because their approach is foul and way off. But we can learn from everything. The Holy Spirit wants to continue to teach us and show us the way. He wants to guide us. Because the Holy Spirit's work and his job is to promote Christ and to build the church. We're still on point number two. My wife says I need to, I need to build out my points deeper. So I'm trying to do that. That's right. The Holy Spirit through Bumi. That's a hard one. So watch this. In the book of Acts, if you want to learn about the Holy Spirit and what he did and how his role was worked out among the church, just read the book of Acts. You'll see that there were times when Paul and his disciples, his team were traveling all throughout various regions, through Corinth, through Galatia, you name it, Paul. They were on the move, right? And there was a, a particular story in the book of Acts where they were headed to, I, I, I'm, I don't know if it's Troas. Let me see. Okay. It's chapter 16. It says Paul wanted... Paul wanted to take them on a journey, so he circumcised them. Then that's messed up. Poor Timothy. As they travel from town to town, they deliver the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in faith and grew daily in numbers. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept, here it is, kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So the Holy Spirit stopped Paul. We're talking about being guided, right? So the Holy Spirit 
stopped Paul from going, look it, from going to, to Phrygia and Galatia, or and then Asia, excuse me. And when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus, which is the Holy Spirit, would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went to Troas. There, we, there it is. And during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So we see here that when the Holy Spirit guides us and he's showing us the way, sometimes he says, stop. And we, but we don't like stop. We don't like no. We want to do what we have in our mind and in our hearts to do, but sometimes we, God says, stop. I'm trying to teach you a lesson. I'm trying to lead you so that you'll have success. So then in a, in a dream and a vision that night, Paul saw a man, probably an angel of the Lord, saying, come on over to Macedon. And it was there that the Holy Spirit was already working. That's the point. The Holy Spirit was already working there, and God just needed some willing partners to go and join the Holy Spirit there. Are we, are we, are we, are we together? So sometimes we have to see where the Holy Spirit's working so we can go and join the Holy Spirit there. I remember when I wanted to start a Bible club at one of the local high schools. I'm not going to say the name. For two years, we tried knocking on doors. No, we don't need no Bible clubs. We have enough clubs. Okay. Dust myself off, the Bible says. I kept on moving. We'll go to Gardena. Gardena threw their doors open. Went to other schools. Went to even more schools. Man, we had like 10, 10 high schools with Bible clubs. Teachers, coaches, kids. All gathering together to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was beautiful. FCA is a beautiful ministry. Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Finally, my brother Dave. I guess today's story is about my brother Dave. He got a long-term sub-assignment at that high school. I'm not going to say the name of that high school. And they said, all right, Dave, we need you here for a whole year. You're going to teach this class because the teacher's pregnant, and they're not going to be here until next year. He's like, awesome. Guess who got a phone call? Big bro, Josh. Let's open FCA over here. All right, bro, here we come. Doors wide open. So in other words, the Holy Spirit will guide us and direct us and show us where he wants us because he wants us to have success, especially when we're committed to the will of God and to the work of God. And if we understand that and you understand that God loves you and God wants you to have success and God wants you to be blessed and God wants you to not have to keep ramming your head against the wall and have making the same mistakes over and over and over and over again, he's like, stop. Listen, open your heart, open your mind, open your spirit. Somebody say, open your spirit. Turn to your neighbor and say, open up your spirit. Say, open up your spirit. Because guess what? God wants to say, come on over to Macedon. Where is your Macedon today? What does God want to do in your life today? What does God want to do in our church today? We have to be open. 
to the Holy Spirit who's guiding us. Point number three. Glorify. Look what it says. John chapter 16. Verse 14. He will bring glory or he will glorify me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. So this 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 word glorify comes from the the Greek word or root word doxa. Doxa means glory, right? Glory. Doxa. But the word glorify is doxazo. So the NIV translation, which is what I'm using and I often use, translates it bring glory and it means the same thing as to glorify or to make known or make great right so let me let me give us some definitions today for doxazo to praise extol magnify or celebrate or honor so in other words what it's saying is that the holy spirit's job is to honor jesus it's to praise the name of Jesus. It's to extol the name of Jesus. Not Joshua. Not Mission Ebenezer. Not your cell group or discipleship group. Not the ministry that you lead or that I lead. It's to glorify the name of Jesus. It's to learn in the most profound way our job and our role is to lift up the name of Jesus and to, and to work with one another and to be a team player for Jesus and to build the kingdom of God together. That's what it means to glorify Jesus because the Holy Spirit is demonstrating through Jesus' own mouth. He's saying, and my spirit will come to you and his job will be to lift up my name. And to glorify my name. I like what Pastor Kevin says. He says, and our job is to make his name great. Another definition for doxazo is, is this. To make glorious. One of the brothers was Mario. I don't know where Mario Martinez is. Our bass player today. And our men's director. He had a glow about him today. I said, bro, I don't know. I don't know what mountain you came down from, bro. But let me, get, let me rub up on you a little bit right now. He's like, it's called R-E-S-T. I said, that's, and that's holy. Rest is holy. Amen. Bible says God rested on the seventh. Another definition of doxazo or glorify is to clothe with splendor. To clothe with splendor. So the Holy Spirit's job is to clothe Jesus with splendor. Can I break it down for us, you guys? That's one of my taglines, right? Let me break it down. If Jesus, the Christ, is the head, and the church or the people of God are his body, and so because the body belongs to the head, and the last time I checked, this was my hand, and, and your foot was your foot, what it means is this. The Holy Spirit's job 
is to make great the church, which is Christ. We're the representative of Christ to the world. So our job, you guys, is to be a witness and a, and a testimony to the world by living out and being the church in the best ways, in the best practices, in the best forms, through the most amazing, most humble form of love and humility. God is calling us to love one another and demonstrate to the world that how will the world know that we are disciples if not by our love for one another and by the way that we love the world? So when, when Jesus is clothed with splendor, and the Holy Spirit's job is to clothe Jesus with splendor. That means that the Holy Spirit is working to build the church. The Holy Spirit is working to purify the people of God in our relationships. And one of the things that messes up relationships is this ugly S word. It's a three-letter word. What is it? Sin. And sin comes in the form of pride. Sin comes in the form of selfishness. Sin comes in the form of self-promotion. Sin comes in the, sin comes in the form of, of, of envy. Sin comes in the form of jealousy. Sin comes in the form of, of, of us not being happy with who we are, not loving ourselves first. Oh man, look at that. Look at that cell group over there, man. They got like 20, 14, 16 people. In my group, we only got three or four. You, you keep discipling that three or four. That may be the next Billy Graham. And, 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 and it goes to speak. Can I get practical now? Can I teach now? Can I be the coach real quick? I'm going to be a coach. Yeah, everybody say, Coach Josh. All right. That's why I'm wearing my hat today. I'm coaching. Coach Josh. All right. God, we're, we're, we're building a team. It's not my team. It's not my team. I'm not the owner. I'm not the owner. I don't own this church. God does. And we're a part of building it. So if I can coach, it means this. We got to be humble. Our church is going through a lot of changes. You heard it from him. You hear him say glory? It's my daddy who the Lord used to help build this house. He's on board. My pops is on board. The direction of our church, you guys, we're building a team. We're, we're going to equip the team. We're going to make sure everybody gets trained up. We're going to have discipleship groups all across Los Angeles. It's my prayer. It's my prayer that we all participate in those discipleship groups. We're changing the name from cell groups to discipleship groups. And we want everybody to be a part of them. You're like, what does that mean, pastor? It means in your neighborhood, in your community, we want to start discipleship groups where we invite our friends, our neighbors, people who don't know Jesus, people that we've been praying about. How do I reach them? How do I begin conversations? How do I engage with them? Through discipleship groups where they receive the word of God. Where am I going with all this? We're not trying to have discipleship groups that are 25, 30 people deep. 
We want discipleship groups to make disciples and to keep sending others to keep opening and creating more discipleship groups so we can make more disciples. I'm wearing a, go ahead, put, put your hands together for Jesus. We're, we're taking it back. We're taking it back to, to youth ministry. I'm wearing a youth ministry shirt that says, until all know. This shirt says, until all know, Matthew 28, 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Our mission, our, our guys, our mission, point blank, is to make disciples and to bless the name of Jesus. That's our mission. Somebody say, glorify. Finally, to make known, to announce. The Greek word anangelo, anangelo, to announce, to announce, to proclaim, to be a herald. So, so the Holy Spirit's job and role is to announce who Jesus is. He's calling us to announce to all the world who Jesus is. Somebody say announce. Somebody say to make known. Praise the Lord. So what I hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us as a church is that we have to learn what it looks like to promote Christ and to foster and cultivate that culture. We got to create an environment that is less hostile and more amiable for people to be receptive of the message of the cross. And that means that we have to listen. So a church that brings and puts the kingdom first. Preachers and teachers that aren't focused on announcing or letting the whole world know when they're going to preach. Oh yeah, come this way, I'm going to be preaching. You won't find that here. Oh yeah, come on this day, I'm going to be preaching. No. God's calling us to be a team. God's calling us as a people to be Mature, to not self-promote. No matter who's in the pulpit, the word for the day that God brings to that man or that woman is the word for us for that day to help build a people and to keep pointing a people to Jesus. Can I hear an amen? Hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory in the highest. Praise God. Doesn't this just feel right? Doesn't it just feel right? Hey, and watch this. Don't hear me wrong. If you have your own business, if you have your own brand that you need to go and make money for profit and that's the means to provide and support your family, then go build that thing. But do it with the, with the mindset of Christ. Do it with the mindset of Christ. Y'all following me? 
You may need to use social media and give testimonials about why this company is the best or why you're, why they should choose your company. I'm not, ta- I'm not saying you can't, you can't do that or we shouldn't do that. What I'm talking about is that the kingdom of God, the work of Christ, which is the church. Somebody say the church. So let me get this, let me make this clear. The church is the, the people of God. The church is God's business. The church is the way that we handle the organization, the people of God in a way that glorifies God. Right? When Joseph came looking for, for Jesus when he was 12 and couldn't find him, finally they found him there at the temple. They came in. Joseph wanted to go and pull Jesus' ear. He's like, oh, wait, you're too big for spankings. Jesus said, don't you know I'm about my father's business? So in other words, what God is doing here, we have to make sure that we do it with the utmost respect, humility, and reverence for the work of God so that we do things right, so that we handle the things of God properly and right. Amen? Okay, because sometimes people don't understand tithes. Some people don't understand offerings. Some people don't understand mortgages to pay off 5.5 acres of prime real estate that the people of God purchased with their own hard-earned money. So God has placed stewards and those that he's called to full-time ministry to shepherd the work of Christ with the spirit of Christ and not like the spirit of the world or the way of the world. Can I hear an amen? So we approach the things of God, the work of Christ, through the Holy Spirit with fear and trembling. And if I could speak a little bit to the church with the capital C, the big church. We have to make sure that we don't become as as members of the body of Christ overly competitive in what we do under the name of Christ. I'm all for winning. I'm a competitor by, by nature. I love to win. How many of you love to win? How many of you love to be the best? How many of you love to do things with excellence? I do. But one of the things that I'm teaching my own sons, one of the things I'm teaching my own sons is don't compare yourself to others. You be the best at whatever it is that you do. You, you just do the best according to what God has, has designed you to do. Because if we're, if we're the church, and there's churches down the street and all around the community. And what God's calling all of us to work together. Amen? It's like in sports. If all an athlete worries about is their own stats, how many points they scored. If a baseball player, all he cares about is his batting average. 
Go with me on this, you guys. Hold on. If an athlete, all they care about is their own personal accomplishments, how many goals they score, right? And guess what? Pretty soon, they're not going to be a very good team player. They're going to be selfish. They're going to be self-motivated in the wrong way. Are you guys following me? But if you focus on wanting to help the team win, then everything else will take care of itself. Everything else will take care of itself. It's like in school, all the young people, all the youngsters, watch this. Young people, if you focus on learning, then the grades will take care of themselves. If you focus on learning, on learning as much as you can, your grades will speak for themselves. But if all you're concerned about, and parents, all you care about is, you just got to get A's, I don't care. Well, guess what? You're teaching the wrong thing. Teach them how to learn. Teach them how to grow. Teach them how to love learning. Are you guys following me? Everything else will take care of itself. Because now the wrong pressure won't be put on that kid or the parent putting it on themselves or on the kid. It's just something very practical. And so what's my point? If we focus on Jesus, if we promote Christ, if we love Christ, if we live for Christ and serve Christ and truly become followers of Christ, then everything else will take care of itself. We won't have to be a church that's focused on church growth if we serve Jesus and if we serve Jesus with excellence and if we love him and serve him out of humility and out of love and caring for one another. And guess what? Everything will take care of itself. The kingdom of God will grow in every possible way. Church, I want to invite you to stand. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise today. And so I'm going to do this right now today. I don't know what, I don't know what the Holy Spirit said to you. <laughs> I don't know what you heard. I don't know what you received today. But the practical application for all of us, for number one, to testify, what does that mean to you? Does that mean to open your mouth and share? Does that mean invite somebody to church? Does it mean put a sign out in front of your house if you're not very good with words? Does it mean to testify by witnessing through love and action? The second is guide. The Holy Spirit shows us the way. What does that mean for you? What does that mean for you? To allow the Holy Spirit to show you, to guide you, and to direct you what practically how can you apply that to your life maybe that looks like for some of us simply saying God I'm here and I'm open and I'm listening would you show me the way would you show us the way God would you show me the next step in my life I can't compare myself to where that other person is because they've been at this a little longer than I have and that's unfair for me to compare myself to them God, would you just show me what, what, you, what you need from me and how I can be obedient to you? 
I don't know what that means to you guys. To glorify. You guys, how can we glorify Christ and the church? How many of you know that the church has gotten a bad name, a bad rap? The church has has gotten a bad name in, in the media for decades. People have been leaving the church. There's a whole generation of young people right now called nuns. Not like Catholic nuns, but nuns, N-O-N-E, nuns. Which means people say, I have no affiliation, I have no care, I have no interest, I, I'm not, I, don't, I don't have the, the least inkling or desire to be a part of the church, to be associated with anything related to God or Jesus or whoever that is. Nothing. But guess what? What will God do through us? to lift up the name of Jesus to glorify him what and how will God use you man of God woman of God young person how will God use you and finally to make known to announce what does that look like doesn't mean we have to become that obnoxious Christian but what has God designed you to do what has God designed us to do as a church right who has God called us to be as Mission Ebenezer to announce to testify to be guides to glorify and to make known to announce Jesus Christ, our Lord, in the world.